I was at a point where I think I needed ch another change, mm. but the problem was that the previous changes were just, it just ended up another place where I didn't feel at home. Mm. And so I think that's probably what made it so much easier to decide to go abroad. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of A Million Little Adventures. Now, throughout my travels, I have been very humbled by all the compliments that I get with my photography, but I am by no means a professional photographer. I would call myself an amateur. And today is very exciting because I have a very, very, very talented guest on my podcast. Please, everyone, welcome Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. Hey. Hey, Andrea. It's good. Good to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, as I said, I... I like to take photos during my travels. And mm -hmm. I would say I do have like an eye for what, what's a good shot versus not compared to other people. But compared to you, I feel like, holy smokes, like your photography is amazing. Like well, that's really nice. Yeah. So like let, let's get let's let's go back a little bit with kind of like our history. Um, you and I met mm -hmm. while we were both teaching in Korea. I was in a different intake than you guys, but somehow, like, we've crossed paths, we had similar friends, we hung out a couple of times, and, like, I don't know if you remember this conversation, but it was, I don't know what city it was, but I was planning a trip or was deciding where to go for my vacation. And I had overheard you and Yusuf talking about Myanmar. Do you remember that conversation? No, but now I'm really curious. So this would have been... 2017 like our second year there yes it was like way back and I was just like because you know like sometimes a lot of I feel like it's very underrated Myanmar and a lot of people are hesitant to go there but you guys had gone there and I was planning to and I was a little bit hesitant but you guys convinced me and I remember I was talking to you guys about like the trip and you're just like it's amazing you have to go um, we, yeah we loved it we had spent we'd spent three weeks there during our winter vacation in January. Yeah. So yeah, we had a great time. And it was like you said, it. we had heard a lot of things about it being underrated. I'd wanted to go for years because mm -hmm. I lived in Korea about four or five years before like meeting you. I'd lived there for a yeah, year yeah, yeah. and uh, it was kind of on my radar and I didn't make it there then. And they had just, I think in 2012 or so, they kind of opened their doors, so to speak, to have tourism again after I think it was like 50 years of them being closed off oh wow and I thought that I would be that. a great opportunity to see something that was a little less a little more untouched and developed than say like a, a, a nearby Thailand yes so and it was I mean it's there's some great differences between uh country other countries in Southeast Asia but really good time spent there yeah it was I, I had a great time and so I, I'm glad you guys convinced me um, mm -hmm. but going back to Korea, like you, you, yeah, you were there for a few years before, like, I guess what I consider like my, my fam bam, our little group that we have there. Um, but what would describe your experience in Korea? Because for me, it was a very big chapter in my life and, and it holds a lot of memories. Um, but describe your time if you can. Yeah, definitely. Korea is one of those things that even now, 11 years after I first went it still has such a hold on me and it's mm. always like it's ever present and part of that is because well now I live in LA and, and we do have Koreatown so I'm able to kind of get some of that to remind myself and keep it fresh but 
ever f since the start, I mean, I've had such an incredible experience with it. And, uh, you know, I went, the first time I went was right after university. I graduated and went, uh, you know, young, fresh, not knowing really much about the culture at all, really just trying to look for an excuse to get some international experience. And mm -hmm. so I spent a year there and, and I thought that was going to be sufficient for me. Um, I had a great, great time. I went with three or four really close friends from college and a couple of us really enjoyed it. Some of us didn't. And we, I just ended up leaving thinking, okay, well, like that's the Korea chapter of my life. And I really loved it. And let's see what kind of doors it opens for me. And for years, no, no joke for years after that, I felt drawn back to Korea. And I think it really set a, set a benchmark for, um, like experience, work experience, life experience that I didn't really know what kind of impact it would have on me until I actually got back and was trying to get settled and set roots back in the US and finding a viable career for me. I was just, I couldn't compare, I could not compare it to what I had in, in Korea. So for about three years, I just, I, it was nonstop. I was thinking about going back. I think a year after I came back, I wanted to get started again. I contacted my old recruiter and I said, you know, I kind of want to go back here. I started that process. Then I got a job and then I stopped that. And then I kept revisiting the idea in my head until finally it was, yeah, it was about three years after I came back. I kind of reunited with a couple of college friends who also had gone to Korea. Yeah. Um, they went a lot later than I did, but we had a bit of overlap in Korea. It's like a month overlap. And so we were just reminiscing about that time together. And something just clicked where I, I was like, what am I doing? I haven't traveled internationally in so long. I haven't been back to Korea. At the time, I didn't know, but I was back on track to actually getting back to Korea. And this was about August of 2015. And over the next couple of months, I was just kind of let that simmer for a bit. And mm -hmm. I, I finally just decided I'm going to go abroad again. And I don't, I didn't know it was going to be Korea, but I knew it was going to be somewhere outside the U S and just, I needed to take some time and travel. And now, then, yeah, go ahead. Oh, so just to interrupt real quick, Lynn, now at this stage in your life, like August, 2015, when you've kind of like, mm -hmm. okay, let's, let's actually like follow through with this decision. What was like your life like back at home? Like, had you developed like those roots that you were talking about, or there was still some sort of like disconnect? Um, I hadn't set many routes. No, I tried to find a career that was for me. And I tried a couple of different things and uh, I was dating around a little bit, but nothing serious, certainly not in my personal professional life. And um, yeah, I just, I was at a point where I think I needed ch another change, mm. but the problem was that the previous changes were just, it just ended up another place where I didn't feel at home. And so I think that's probably what made it so much easier to decide to go abroad was because um, I knew how I had felt living abroad and maybe I was just chasing that and I hadn't achieved it. So I think it was just knowing that it's out there and I think I need to leave the country to find it, uh, which made it easy for me to say like, I, I can, I can uproot again. And so that's, that's what I did, but it wasn't until letting it kind of simmer for a couple months that I did. I, I was like driving to work one day. And it was the monotony of office life. Yes. I happened to be paired with uh, a very specific song, a song I still remember to this day that it was just like perfect timing um, that made it click where I was like, I'm, I'm going to go back to Korea. 
because that's where it kind of all began in a way. And I know that's, that's where it has to continue. Like so I'm going to go abroad, but it's going to be starting again in Korea because I, I, I don't want it. To, I was hoping I didn't put it on such a pedestal that I was just being nostalgic, but yes. I was willing to take that chance. Yeah. Um, because it just like the risk was worth it to me. So yeah, I decided right then and there on the way to work, I'm going to go to Korea. And I called a buddy of mine who had, he lives in Korea now. He was then he's now married, but at the time he was, um, he'd been there for a few years. He stayed behind. He was one of the guys I went with from college. Okay. He stayed behind. He was dating. Now he's married. And I called him and I said, I, I got to get back over there. And we had this long, long talk where it was pretty much set in stone for me from that point on. And so I called, I called that same recruiter from four years before the original recruiter got me to, to Korea and picked things up and didn't stop from there. Never look back now. <laughs> <laughs> and so do you feel that second time around that, that, that thing that you were chasing, that you achieved that, like it was, you got everything that you wanted. I think so. And I mean, more. I, 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 yeah, I believe so for a couple of reasons. I mean, I, I went back, I think, so I went back with the idea of, of kind of chasing that experience mm-hmm. for just another year. I ended up staying for two, but it definitely ended up was being it a lot only more. Two? Yeah, two additional years. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I left in like February 2018. I think looking back, I could have stayed a little bit more, but it's not. It. I feel I don't have that same feeling that I did before. Okay. Not that I didn't have a good experience. I loved my time in Korea the second go around, but I I felt more accomplished. I felt like I mm. set out to obtain something and I got it. And I met my now wife uh, in yes. South Korea. And so that those are the roots like that we're setting. It's, um, yeah, like you were saying, I, I came away with it much more than just like a, a contract completed. Oh my God, so. that's, I, I know. And you, and I think the beauty of Korea as well, it brings people together and it, and it opens opportunities for like travel as well. Like, and I know you, you were a pretty avid traveler while you were mm-hmm. in Korea, right? Um, where have you been? Tell me all the places, if you can list them off real quick. Uh, like during my time in Korea, like where did I travel while I was there? Oh, I guess, uh, yes. And, uh, well, more specifically like abroad, did you, did you take the opportunity during those vacations to to travel abroad? Like you did, you did Mm -hmm. Myanmar, um, like what other places did you go to? So the summer holiday after I got there, I went to Thailand, which Mm -hmm. was my second time there. And then the following January is when I went to Myanmar. And so that now I'm coming up to my second year. Then I went to Indonesia. The, oh, I love Indonesia. The next summer, yeah, I went, um, uh, my wife, my girlfriend at the time, we took a trip to Bali. Is that where we went when I went there? I think we just did Bali, yeah. And then, um, let's see, yeah. Then I, then I completed my contract in February 2018. And then we spent, I spent the next, like, 10 months traveling wow. after I left Korea. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I remember following you guys and it was just like, oh my gosh. Was it, where did you travel to? Was it Southeast Asia? I think you guys went to Europe, no? We didn't do Europe, but we did do quite a, a route. We went from Korea to China. Mm-hmm. We just did a quick, we did a 10-day trip to China, which was very short. And then uh, we went to Vietnam where mm-hmm. we met her family. That, I think that's one reason why we didn't stay that long in China is because her parents came over from California mm-hmm. and we met them there. That's actually where I met her, my in-laws. 
for the first um, time. Uh huh. Oh, yep. so exciting. <laughs> yeah, we stayed there for a month. Well, we did we did kind of a road trip in northern Vietnam for mm -hmm. about I think it was about twelve days, which was incredible. It's it's really mountainous. Mm -hmm. It's really beautiful. You get some of those alpine drives, so um, you're really high up, and uh, it's really colorful. And then we went down to the middle of the island for like uh, two and a half, three weeks. And from there, that's when we started having this longer term journey. Uh, we went to New Zealand for about five months. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably where I'm going to use with Europe. Uh, I don't know why. But. Yeah, probably, maybe so. <laughs> like, was it, was it the, like a holiday visa or you guys were just there traveling? Uh, New Zealand like, was yeah. a working holiday visa. Okay. So I found out you at least as a u.s citizen you can get a year working holiday visa before you turn 30 i think mm -hmm. and i yes, was yeah. probably right right about 28 29 i said let's just do it so we went we bought a van and like uh -huh. a converted it was a minivan it wasn't one of these larger uh mercedes sprinters or anything that was so popular now it was just a minivan that was kind of converted we bought that and drove around the south island for about two and a half months and then we put it on a ferry, went up to the North Island and then spent another two months. And we worked on a Kiwi farm for the last month. And okay. Sold wait, the van. you need to tell me about <laughs> these Kiwi farms because I've heard such positive and negative reviews. How was your experience on the Kiwi farm? I heard it's, it's like tough labor. Is it? <laughs> it is. It is yeah. tough. And we, I mean, I can't speak for the harvest season. Mm -hmm. We were there for the pruning season. So it was like untangling the mess of vines and restructuring them so that it could uh, get ready to, for the growth. And um, so we didn't have anything, like we didn't have any kiwis to take home at night, which I kind of missed out on. But it was, it was there were long days. Uh, it's a lot of just reaching up. You, your hands, your arms are extended for hours and hours because you're just resorting these vines across the top. Oh, wow. And yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a lot. We did it. You know, we obviously wanted to save some money. New Zealand's pretty expensive, but um, just to kind of get that experience, it was it was fun. Um, yeah, we stayed kind of in this little complex with there were like seven of us total, mm -hmm. all from different countries that were doing the same thing. So it was really fun to get to know different travelers and go to the farm every day. And mm -hmm. then and so like after that, and then you you went back home to. Are you both from California? Was Carolyn from California as well? She is i'm from the east coast so oh, i'm from, from north carolina coast. okay uh -huh. yeah okay yep. but i had when i left to go back to korea i was living in florida at the time so i went i was basically raised spent most of my life in north carolina and then went to school there as well and mm -hmm. then i didn't really want to live there afterwards so <laughs> i went to korea and when i came back i did a euro trip for a few months with uh, a couple friends but the the goal after that was to move down to florida so i lived there for a few years Mm. Um, thinking Florida was uh, the right choice for me and it, and it wasn't. But when I left again, I, I had no desire to go back to Florida or North Carolina. And I, my goal was to move up to DC because my sister lives there. And, and ah. I had this dream, like a fleeting dream of um, getting a job at Nat Geo, which oh, wow. I think they're headquartered there. So I thought, well, I'll give that a shot. I'd like DC. But then meeting um, Terrell abroad, I was happy that she was from California because I'd, I'd spent a little bit of time in the state and I liked it and wanted to give it a shot. And I, I do like it out here a lot. And now it's home. <laughs> now it's home. Yeah. Now it's home. And, and so we can okay. afford it. <laughs> is, is it expensive? Really expensive there? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. We've lived in like the two most expensive cities of the state what? as well, San Francisco and now LA. Okay. Well, what about to travel? Because as I, I think uh, I mentioned this in, in some of our messages, like I'm planning to do like just a short trip there, probably like five days. Uh, more so just to like catch up with Leslie, uh, possibly mm-hmm. see you guys and just like yeah. kind of do the quick exploration kind of type things. Is it expensive? <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm talking more on affordability to like buy a home, but mm. in general, yeah, it's, it's fairly expensive. And then there's things like, you know, we keep going back to Korea. We we love Korean food still. I mean, I think last week when we, we had Korean food like three days in a row. <laughs> because oh, I just, I'm I always crave it. I always crave it. And it all, and even now, cause I've been back now again, it's been so much time. It's been four years since I left and I still can't help, but, compare the price i was actually just talking to yusuf a couple of days ago because he's back in korea and we yeah, were talking about a meal. I, heard he that, had, yeah. I, I think he had like sundae something like a soup with sundae in it and it was came out to like ten thousand one. and you know if we go out to get barbecue which i'm gonna get barbecue with with leslie tomorrow actually it's gonna end up being you know probably 40 50 us dollars per person oh, what do we pay when we we're in korea maybe 15 and it was like all you can eat sometimes (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh I I remember one of my first trips back um, because I went for my birthday I went to Hawaii and I was just like mind blown Hawaii in general I think is expensive anyways Uh, but just like in comparison to like their accommodations versus like Southeast Asia or Korea Mm -hmm. I was just like oh my goodness (laughs) like one month in Indonesia it was like a week in Hawaii you know it was just like the comparison obviously it's like it's different but uh it was very much a culture shock um yeah yeah for sure well I mean when you come out here you've got a place to stay if not at Leslie's that'll help yeah, you know, less <laughs> that was things out. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would be very grateful for that. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> um, okay. So like now you got you've you've set your roots down in California. Um, but you also you guys just came back from. Were you in Mexico? Yeah, yeah. So we spent six and a half months last year in Mexico while we mm-hmm. were working abroad during the pandemic. So luckily, both of us had jobs that were. We'll still have jobs that are fully remote, and. Was yeah, that was that prior was that a plan prior to the pandemic and and you guys still decided to go or was that like let's get out of here and <laughs> because of the pandemic? Yeah, so it wasn't a plan no. at all. It, so the pandemic hit in San Francisco, which is where we were at the time. Mm-hmm. They shut down pretty quick. We had actually just taken a Hawaii trip, came back the same night that the lockdown was enforced. Oh yes, and then from I remember there, we were uh, in Hawaii the same time. Do you remember on it was where we were different islands, different islands, islands yeah. but it was like, I remember I was like, you're going to Hawaii. I'm going to Hawaii, but then it was different islands. That's right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. Oh, I was just like, you just like two years ago. Now that's crazy. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, what's happened since then you went to Mexico uh, for six months. Well, <laughs> well yeah. So it locked down and then immediately both. Well, actually like right before we went to Hawaii, both of our jobs said, you know, we're going to be going to remote work. And from there, I never saw my coworkers again because we, we never went back in the office. Um, but I think it was like a month in or two, you know how everybody kind of picked up some new pandemic hobby. Mm-hmm. Mine was teaching myself Spanish. I had studied a bit in high school and college, but I, 
I had always reached kind of a similar plateau and I never was practicing my speaking. So I was like, you know what? I want to come out of this pandemic being fluent in Spanish. So I started studying and then, then we had this idea, you know, why don't we travel it, as long as we can keep our jobs and they're remote, why don't we go down to uh, Latin America? And so we started just building that idea and seeing what was, what options were available, especially with how COVID was affecting travel. So mm -hmm. that went on for like nine months or so. We just didn't know when we were going to be able to go, but we, we ended up leaving San Francisco because it was so expensive. And, and we thought, well, I mean, we can't really do much here because everything's shut down. Mm -hmm. So let's save some money and kind of bounce around a little bit. So we went to stay kind of near her family. Then we went back over to the East coast and stayed with my folks for a few months. And then, noticed that Mexico's restrictions were nowhere near as tight as some countries. And we thought, well, we just, we got vaccinated. Maybe we go to Mexico. We ended up taking the risk and going. And the, the idea was to spend about six weeks in one area of Mexico mm -hmm. and then move on down to Colombia. Cause I really wanted to go to mm -hmm. Medellin. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then we ended up, we really liked Mexico. And then uh, Medellin started having the their protests around the same time we were going to go. This was yeah. like April of last year. And then uh, they still had curfews going on. They couldn't really go out easily. Um, and then Mexico, we, we felt like there wasn't really much of a pandemic going on. People seemed to respect social distancing and wearing masks. And we didn't really feel at risk. We felt safer than we were in the U.S. So we thought, well, let's just stay a little longer. And we ended up staying the entire duration of our visa. So wow. we, we just bounced around the country. We just, um, instead of going six weeks and moving on to another country, we spent about four to six weeks in, in different states within Mexico. Mm. That's so cool. Okay. I feel like you guys are like a, a power travel couple, like the adventures that you guys must have had, I hope. Okay. Well, let's, let's get into it because this is really what yeah. I'm excited about to talk about. It's like your photography, like you've documented this. Please tell me you've documented that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Well, I, I'll say I, with photography, I, I appreciate your kind words. I never really consider myself a great photographer until I got into drone photography. Okay. Yes. So I do think I, I, I do. I am proud of the, the work that I've done with drone photography. I never felt quite my, uh, I don't know how to say it myself with a DSLR, especially when it came to portrait photography. Okay. I never, I never, I'm all, I'm self-taught. So mm -hmm. anything I've done, it's just been through trial and error since the last decade or so, but I never took any training to know like how to direct somebody, how to stand, how to pose, how to achieve a certain shot with a, with yeah. a human element. So I think I shied away from that a lot, which of course meant I didn't really improve it because I didn't really gravitate towards that. And I always found myself more um excited about landscape photography so that's really my bread and butter and then i got into drone photography a few months before we left um korea and yeah th through our travels it's just been it's just provided me so many opportunities to photograph because i mean you're talking about china vietnam new zealand some of the most like picturesque countries that oh i've been gosh. to so it's like how yeah can you i Okay. Even um, because like just for for this podcast, like I was just refreshing myself with, with with some of your work and I was just like, holy smokes, like the perspective that you get with drone photography, it's like unlike anything else because you really capture like the beauty of the landscape. I don't know how to, it's just like, I, I honestly, Jeremy, I can like stare at your photos and it's, it's, oh. did you at one point have a website? Do you still have a website for your 
I did and I don't now, but I actually okay. just, that's funny you bring it up. I just brought it up uh, like within the last two weeks. I have okay. it up on my desktop because it's it's all archived. Okay. I, don't pay, I don't have it hosted anymore, but I have, I was looking over some of my old um, blog posts and some of the, because I had a shop set up and, yeah, a gallery. and it's yeah. been a while since I've seen, because I've Instagram, of course, I'm, I'm usually on mobile and so I'm seeing just small images of it and to see it full screen on the desktop was pretty fun. It is, uh, we like, have it in the works to build buy, it again. People will buy your photography. It's it's worthy of to be in someone's living room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, well, thank you. So I, and have you always had, I don't know, like what work, if you don't mind me asking, like, are you into now? Is it related to, is it completely like photography and drone photography is like your hobby and you're doing something else now? Yeah, it, my, yeah. <laughs> my job is, is completely separate from, it's not at all related to drone photography. Okay. I did try to get into it when I moved to California. Mm-hmm. I started um, working with some real estate companies, like drone real estate, commercial mm-hmm. real estate, and that yeah. was pretty neat. Um, but I think I went back to what I was saying before, where I, I really gravitate more towards nature and just kind of a, that escapism that takes me away from things, you know, away from the city life, away from people. Mm-hmm. And where it's just kind of like flying. I don't like to fly where there's a lot of people typically one. I find it a little bit distracting for them. It's, it's like loud, loud, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and two, I just, I like to, I'd like to get away from that. So I, I liked the work with real estate drone photography, but it wasn't enough for me to want to do it as a job. Mm-hmm. So I still felt like maybe this is just kind of a hobby for me. So now I work. Yeah. I, I haven't flown actually in, in a few weeks. I need to get back out there. I kind of get that itch yeah. to fly. For know. for drone photography, I'm always curious. Do you need like licenses for the, some of these places? Um, I know like in Korea, are, are you allowed to? Wasn't there a restriction in Korea to, to fly drones like um, like in national parks? Korea, okay. maybe now. Let's see. When I flew, it was back in 2017. And I really didn't have let's see i didn't really fly in a national park in korea so I'm, i can't say that for certain i know when i went to china you had to register your drone okay like you had to sign up on their government site and register i'm not sure how that is now that was four years ago new zealand was really strict and the states are really strict if you're flying in certain areas national parks are a big no-no okay um anywhere within and this is probably in a lot of countries now anywhere within a certain number of kilometers or miles of an airport or military okay. zone, you can't fly airspace mm-hmm. is restricted. And so for a place like San Francisco, where you're surrounded by a lot of coastline, that's kind of protected in national parks, it makes it a little bit more difficult to find a spot to fly. Mm-hmm. I usually, I actually don't have my license that allows me to fly in some more restricted areas. I just have it registered, but I use an app that kind of has the airspace that is and isn't um, that keeps permitted to fly in. Mm. So, and, and actually the drone drone's pretty good. Um, if I was to try and take off in an area that's restricted, let's say like right outside an airport, it won't even let me, it'll block um, off because you're using GPS. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it actually won't even let me take off. Oh, that's so. interesting. Okay. Well, I have some photos and I want you to tell me if you recognize, these are your photos, by the way. So okay. I want you to tell me if you recognize these places. I feel like this is really easy. I'm trying not to capture like, so these are my photos and I'm supposed to tell yeah. you where they were taken. Yes. I feel like Ooh, this first okay. one is easy. Okay. Can you see that? Oh, of course. Yeah, that is, that is Daejeon. 
It was my home for two years. (laughs) Where did you live during your four years in Korea? Like the the first time around? Mm -hmm. So I was there for just three years total. I was there for a year in a small, smaller city outside of Daejeon called Gongju, which is, um, I think it's just a little to the like Northwest of Daejeon. Okay. So that's kind of been your, your area when like in Korea. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I really liked Gongju, but I wanted a bigger city and I went to Daejeon, you know, 10 years ago, we would go on like weekend trips and get some of like the more the nightlife that was still close enough that we could come back same night. Yeah. And when I was applying, that was my first choice. So I didn't want I didn't want to go to Seoul. I wanted to save a bit more. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the opportunity to go into the capital, not to feel like I was only there. And I, there's so much to do in the capital. I feel like I would never leave. Um, that was my first choice, and I got it. Okay. Here's the picture number two. I, I love this Let's one. Go. Like this is one like I would buy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that one. That's in China. That's in um, Yangshuo, I believe it's uh, near Guilin. It's um, that was like for how remote looking that is, that was so easy to get to. That was a sunrise hike we did in Qianggong, I think is the name of the mountain. And um, we just took a, like a 30 minute cab ride in the morning. And then it was maybe a 10, 20 minute hike. And then they've got this platform that overlooks that river down below and those uh, limestone mountains. It was incredible. Now, these are all taking with drones, right? That one, yes, I believe that one was. I know I got some drone videos. I know I flew there. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. Is that because, like, yeah. The first one you showed also... me was just camera. Yeah, okay. Um, here's um, here's another one. I don't think this is a, this is not a drone, but... Um... If you can identify. No, that's not a drone. That was, it was with my sister in, um, that was in Peru. That was Northern Peru. It was a city called uh, Cajamarca. That was one of my favorite cities in, in Peru. Like you don't really call long, yourself... steep stairs that overlook the city. It was a great, great time. Like you don't call yourself a professional, but like, this is like, how much editing do you put <laughs> into this? You know what I mean? Like, is it like Lightroom? Is it just quick, quick tweaks? I just the steal lighting? other people's photos. <laughs> <laughs> Just label them as your own. Honestly, because it's like, I feel like some people just have, they don't focus more on like the lighting and just like take, would take a picture of like the city. Right. You know what I mean? Like there is artistry to your photography. (laughs) Well, thank you. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, photography is so much composition and lighting. So Mm I, I do, I, I wait around for the right moment. I mean, I like to shoot in very specific times like golden hour because the light's just going to work with you a lot better. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I try to frame them in such a way that actually tells some sort of story or at least, um, See, is, like, like that's... touching. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry. But like as far that... as editing, I don't do too much editing. It's, yeah. uh, I really don't mess with much besides maybe bringing out the shadows, bringing down some of the highlights, some, or something. it's very minimal nowadays, especially with when I, fly my drone now I do a lot of research on where I'm going to fly and mm-hmm. so I usually choose places that are already beautiful like if you look at some of my recent Mexico shots mm-hmm. those are I didn't even touch the color at all um no like almost no correction because it's just a wonderful a beautiful country that I was just there to to capture yeah. in the right moment we'll see what well, I think that's like a testament to good just like skills in general because if you if you're not using a lot of editing then it's like you you got that eye, and I also feel like this next one. It's like you found the the Apple wallpaper, and I'm. 
Can oh. you see that? Yeah, yeah. That that was in Baja California Sur, um, in Mexico. That was I was with my family. So it's on like the western side, the western coastline of Baja. That was either I can't remember the name of the town. It was Punto something. I don't know. It was th- that was like on a drive to where we would go snorkeling, and like most of these aren't labeled. Uh, on the map it's just we went down like a dirt sandy road where we just stopped and it was beautiful enough to take a photo so I don't even know well, see, I could probably find it again I'd have to just find like, it that's the thing like so when you're driving down let's say you're on a road trip and you see things like at like landscape level right um do you just like have it in your mind you're just like oh man like I wonder what this looks like from the sky the bird's eye perspective and like I I love the the drone photography that's a good so. question I mean <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. I mean, this goes back to the research. I mean, in that particular case, I had already looked on Google Earth and mm-hmm. kind of mapped out what our drive would have taken us by and mm-hmm. then decided, well, this is probably somewhere I want to keep my eyes out mm-hmm. and, and like focus on what I'm driving by because there may be a moment we just need to stop. And that's what I did. I didn't know exactly what I would find, but I knew this area in particular seems to have uh, clean beaches. There's not a lot of like development there, it's really like vibrant colored water. Mm-hmm. So there's that, but then there's other also times where I may just be driving and I feels like, okay, the conditions are right. This happened a lot in New Zealand too. You can ask Terrilyn, oh like gosh, we would just I be think. driving randomly. And I'd say, do you mind? I'm going to pull over right now because <laughs> the light would shift so fast, not even for drone, just for photography. And I'm like, yeah. I need to capture this right now or it's going to be gone. Um, sometimes you can see it, especially with mountains, you can kind of see how the light's playing on the side. And I, mm-hmm. I can just get a sense that this would look great captured a little bit higher so I want to fly and the worst thing is when you're in that moment you're like I don't have my drone with me or I'm on it I cannot stop right now I can't stop driving because there's nowhere to pull over do you have it like accessible in in those kind of cases now like do you just like okay no I know we're going somewhere where I feel like we will there will be a great shot you just kind of like keep it in your car (laughs) yeah if we're because we don't do many road trips we haven't lately um but if we are going to be in the car yeah, usually uh, the night before I'll start thinking about it. And if we're going to be out in the middle of the day when I was shooting with my DSLR, that's I wouldn't really bank on getting much. Sometimes, though, like with the drone, you can have that harsh daytime light and still get something out of it, depending on what you're photographing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely. If, if I know I'm going to be in the car and in somewhere kind of countryside-esque or near something that's what I think is going to be good to capture I'll, I'll charge my batteries the night before and i'll take it with us now this was super easy ready. when we were traveling yeah because i mean it was like our life was on the road especially in mexico it's like we're always kind of moving around so i always had it charged and ready to go well mm-hmm. thank you so much for like just ex- telling me all about your like adventures i feel like i i can ask so many more questions about just like oh, individual yeah. <laughs> trips um but like to end it off i like to end my podcast with like like a speed round so i have kind of these things this is like photography based uh, i okay. feel like in in our conversation you've answered some of them uh but i'm gonna say something and give you kind of options and you tell me what your preference is so, oh gosh i'm terrible with these i'm gonna do my i'm like let's go speed around <laughs> okay let's go let's go um landscape are you a beach guy coastal guy city countryside or more like mountainous and like waterfalls mountains is- all the way waterfalls oh really okay okay yeah 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 texture okay, yes. and everything okay, I, I love anything water related but yeah definitely mountains if i had to choose mountains okay okay um you already answered this but i'm gonna say it again maybe give you some options 
time of day. So there's the golden hour, morning, night, and then like maybe even just like overcast. I don't know. That's not really mm-hmm. time of day, but like. Gold- I get you that. De- golden hour for sure. Overcast mm-hmm. is great for portraits though, with that, with a lack of shadows on the face, but mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Golden hour. hundred percent. Golden hour. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're taking <laughs> a photo, I know you said you don't like to do portraits, but are you more, do you preference people moments? Like maybe like models I've seen, I've seen, you've taken some photos of Tara Lynn that are, (laughs) so that I've seen, or do you prefer just like places, candid, you know, just people living their lives and places, I think, but it also depends on what I'm shooting with. If I have my phone out, I love to capture the moments because I feel like I, I just want to grab something, but if I have mm. like my camera, I'm going to gravitate towards places more. And then so it's also because Terilyn is, um, she does have a good eye with people. Mm-hmm. So we kind of balance each other out. I'm kind of landscape guy and she's more of like the lifestyle or people, people kind of photographer. Capturing mm-hmm. those moments. Yeah. Um, last but not least. So like your go-to, if you, if you had to choose any of these kind of cameras, would you do choose like GoPro, DSLR or like a drone? Or just like even just like your phone or like a point and shoot. Uh, that's the that's last really thing question. piece of equipment, camera equipment that you can use for the rest of your life. <laughs> what would you use? Oh my goodness. Um, I'd still probably go with drone. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. would still go with drone. Though a phone is obviously very versatile and I it's yeah. easy, easy to take around. Drone, I can I have to have certain conditions to be able to fly, whereas a phone I can whip it out anywhere and and just snap a photo. Can't really yeah. do that with a drone without alerting everybody to I know. <laughs> what is this noise. You can't really be discreet with it either. So no, okay, not exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much. Um, I know you're on, you just started like a new adventure. You're a newlywed. How is that going? <laughs> Congratulations, oh, it's great. by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we we legally tied the knot about seven weeks ago. Wow. And then I started a new job like a few days after that. So it's been a big change. We mm-hmm. moved to a new apartment like a week before we got married. So it's, yeah, it's going really well. And we do have plans to have an actual ceremony sometime mm-hmm. next year is the, is the goal. Okay. So but, um, the official, it was like a, a court wedding, like a, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We, okay. we didn't know when we were, because we want to get married in Mexico and we don't know when that's going to be. So mm. we just thought, well, Oh, destination. In the meantime, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Yeah. More of a, yeah. So ceremony there. And in the meantime, we'll just, tied them out now and do you feel different i don't know maybe you guys have spoken like do you feel because you guys have been have so had so many adventures together like does does like the, the title of being like married change anything people have asked this question taylor might say no and mm-hmm. sometimes i might say no because we were already kind of in that mindset for a while we, mm-hmm, we yeah. uh, recently celebrated five years together so wow. it's not like new conversation but I, what i will say is that it is different in the fact that we've reached that next level of commitment. So everything is less theoretical and more like we're anticipating when it's going to happen, you know, starting a family and Mm -hmm. like buying a home. It's not so like, Oh yeah, one day we'll do this. It's like, well, we're like saving for this stuff and we're planning for this stuff now. So it's definitely a different, like a deeper level of connection for Mm -hmm. sure. And I felt it was different when we got engaged last year uh, for the similar reason. Like there's no more like talk about, Oh, are we going to do like what we are is now when and and now we are married so it's like what's the next step so I think it yes and no I do feel I do feel different okay well it's so exciting well congratulations again and thank um, you any future adventure plans as of right now or just kind of 
kind of work and, and save up for this, that? <laughs> well, we want to go back to Mexico, like in the next couple of months, because we want to scout some venues. Um, okay. So we, that we will be doing that. And then I really want to go back to Korea. Have you heard of it? Um, I've been wanting to go back for like two years now and spend like a couple months working from there. If I can figure out how to do that while having my, my job, I want to do that. Okay. I know it's doable with some jobs. I actually have a friend there, a former coworker who's doing that right now. So I know it's possible. It's just, can I, with my current job, that's the big question. And is that just because you want like the, the environment and the atmosphere of Korea or is it everything? Yeah. Everything? I want to, I want to be there. I want to see, uh, there's some people, uh, one Jeremy, of my best friends, right. he still lives there. I mean, everything. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I tried to explain this to people, even my friends back here. There is just something about that country that I think a lot of us going there initially underestimated and the impact and like attachment that it's like latched onto us. I don't know. I don't know. It's I, I love it. Uh, you're, well. you're right. I, I've traveled a lot and I've had really great connections to a lot of countries, but none have held on to me like like Korea has like, and what is a it? guy I went with <laughs> over me? 10 years ago he still will text me every now and then and be like oh I had Korean tonight I, I miss it so much it's like it's been 10 years man but I totally understand how you feel <laughs> I, I don't know what it is I feel like it's sometimes it's very it's like indescribable but those who are, of us who have experienced it have like an unspoken understanding about it or you know what I mean like we can't all describe what the feeling is it's just like that yeah invisible tether that's always like has us connected to it anyways you're right and the people are a right? huge yeah. part of it so you know it's, I'm appreciative for people like you because we even now I haven't seen you in over four years for sure and, and it's like we can just pick up like this and yeah. chat as if as if it's nothing so I really oh, appreciate and- you and you on. were um, that uh, that murder mystery that we did. I think you were my husband in that. So you know that that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. good. Good times in uh, in Korea. Um, oh, last times. but not least, I always like to ask my guests: Is there like a quote or something that you live by that kind of helps you carry out your day? You know, like sometimes it's like not to sound cheesy but like living life to the fullest and like appreciate like every moment as it comes you know like is there something that you kind of keep in the back of your head and that mm-hmm. you you always like stay true to there wasn't until recently i saw a quote that i ended up writing and putting on the fridge it's something i'm gonna butcher it but something along the lines of is what you're doing right now helping you become the person like do you want to become kind of thing is mm-hmm. it like helping you work towards that that person so it helps me as we live in this kind of digital age of being present and, and mindful of what I'm doing. So that's been something that's kind of is in the forefront. Of my oh, mind. I love that. Actually, that's, that's, yeah. that's kind of very deep. Also, if I can find the proper <laughs> elegant quote, I'll send it yeah. to you. Cause yeah. what, what came out of my mouth, I hope it made sense. <laughs> oh no, no, no. I no, I love that because that's, that's kind of what has stayed with you, right? Like that's your interpretation of it. So like, whether it's, mm-hmm. it's like verbatim, but it's like, I love that. No. So mm-hmm. it's great. Well, thank you so much again. And it was just so nice catching up and just hearing what you've been up to and sharing your your adventures. And yeah, thank you. I will link your um, Instagram because I want people to just see all of your wonderful photography. And thank um, yeah, thank you so much, Jeremy. And to my listeners, thank you so much for listening and tune in for another episode of A Million Little Adventures. Oh.